the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, and welcome back. Friday, March 18th, 2022. Our text for today starts with a few words from Thomas Stearns Elliott. Well, between the... I'll do that again. I'll come in again. Between the desire and the spasm, between the potency and the existence, between the essence... And the descent falls the shadow. This is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper. One analysis has it that the world will end, yes, but not with the expected bang, but instead an anticlimactic whimper. It will end in such a way that you'll hardly be aware that it's ending, much as the twilight signals the end of the day and the beginning of the night, but in such a way that we are barely aware the day is ending as it does so. Now, pause on that just a moment as we look at another poem from William Butler Yeats. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed and everywhere. The ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Now, these two poems, written in the second decade of the last century, came within about five years of each other. In both cases, the end of the world is being contemplated. In Yeats' version, there is a great storm and train. Tides are loosened. Innocence is drowned. Passionate intensity rules the day. In Eliot's version, it all ends without much remark or alarm at all. But note, there are some spasms and potencies. And if we try to reconcile the two visions, one might say no matter the sound of silence or the sound instead of silence, innocence, innocence is over and passion, intense passion, along with a lot of potential energy, is the coin of the realm. I give you the last two years of our life here. Tons of passion, tons of intensity, plethoras of innocence drowned. All in some kind of effort to expect the end of the world, if not make we humans its harbingers. Now, I'll return to that in a moment, but I can't really pass on my last phrase, to make we humans its harbingers. Humans. Are we supposed to be fighting gender confusion being initiated in five-year-olds or 22-year-olds? Leah Thomas has won the NCAA swimming tournament. How do we get here? Does this stuff just happen? Does it just materialize? The answer is no, it does not. There's always going to be the effort Whitaker Chambers described. He put it this way, communism is not new. It is, in fact, man's second oldest faith. Its promise was whispered in the first days of creation under the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Ye shall be as gods. It is the great alternative faith of mankind. Like all great faiths, its force derives from a simple vision. Other ages have had great visions. They have always been different versions of the same vision, the vision of God and man's relationship to God. The communist vision is the vision of man without God. It is the vision of man's mind displacing God as the creative intelligence of the world. It is the vision of man's liberated mind by the sole force of its rational intelligence, redirecting man's destiny and reorganizing man's life and the world. It is the vision of man, once more the central figure of the creation, 
not because God made man in his image, but because man's mind makes him the most intelligent of the animals. Close quote. Now, I know everything is not Marxist, but the eradication of natural right and law and what it means to be a human is among the things that are. Nature. Interesting word, that. Comes from the Latin root of nashi, meaning to be born. To be born. And the restructuring of gender is at that root. And the root of the word gender is to give birth. Something until yesterday only women could do. Three years ago, Dennis Prager was made sport of for pointing out to Bill Maher that there is a movement afoot explaining men could menstruate and give birth. He was mocked and laughed at. Three short years later, this year, and Bill Maher, without apologizing to Dennis, is now bemoaning that this is what has become of the left. But let's go back. Scholars of Karl Marx will know where this comes from and will tip their hat to Whitaker Chambers' point above, ye shall be as gods. Paul Krauss is one of them. He puts it this way. Marx says, quote, there develops the division of labor, which was originally nothing but the division of labor in the sexual activity, that the division of labor which developed spontaneously or naturally by virtue of natural predisposition, close quote. It's kind of pregnant Germanic writing. But this is the cause of inequality, is the division of labor in the sexual act that recognizes the distinction between male and female is what Karl Marx is getting at, which establishes the consciousness of division from which all later divisions of labor and growing inequality flow. If the division between genders is the very root of all inequality, according to Marx, the only means by which this inequality can be negated is through the androgenization of human nature. Good word, that. Androgenization of human nature, wherein the sexual differences between man and women is abolished. Or, as Shilamit Firestone, one of the most famous Marxist feminist scholars of the last hundred years or so, puts it, quote, technology has created real preconditions for overthrowing these oppressive natural conditions, along with their cultural reinforcements. In the case of the new ecology, we find that independent of any moral stance for, for pragmatic survival reasons alone, it is now necessary to free humanity from the tyranny of its biology. That's the line you need. It is now necessary to free humanity from the tyranny of its biology. In other words, for Marx, it was labor that defined a human and as humans must change in order to materialize themselves, to identify themselves. For Marx, so too must nature change because human beings exist as part of nature and the labor process provides the means for equal change in both what it means to be human and what it means to have nature dictate what it means to be human. The neo-Marxists like Franz Fanon gave birth to a philosophical defense of terrorism by taking the actualization of man as only coming and existing by and from striking down his perceived oppressor. Nobody can just let humanity and the human condition alone with his natural rights and being, can they? We once thought humanity or the human condition and nature were permanent, unalterable, fixed. Marx came to change that. And what we are seeing now is the full melding of not just what it means to be a human, it can be dictated by race, for example, but what nature means, what natural means. And if a human declares him or herself something other than what a human is, Society or nature must change to accept it as well. In an interview yesterday, Leah Thomas said, 
this win means the whole world to me. That's a quote. This win means the whole world to me. You bet it does. In that sentence, Leah tells the whole story of everything we are talking about. She or he is self-actualizing to not just change her or himself, but the understanding of what it means to be human and what nature means. Karl Marx put it that most philosophers came to try to understand history, whereas he came to change it, change history, change nature, change the world. I'm not saying Leah Thomas has read Marx, but enough people in society have, and it gets soaked up. I mean, if National Geographic is lecturing you that nine-year-olds can decide and should decide their gender, who are you to argue with National Geographic? If the Smithsonian tells you your race dictates what kind of human being you will be, who are you to argue? It's the Smithsonian. It's National Geographic. If a professor at Boston University says the same, who are you to argue? It's not that this just happens, as I say. One party opposes this, this party, our movement. And, in the, and, and, and another party in the White House, via its Department of Justice and its Department of Education, countenances and encourages it. Here's the policy of those departments under Joe Biden. I shall quote, schools are required to treat transgender students according to their gender identity, including by making sure that transgender students have access to restrooms and locker rooms that match their gender identity, using the right names and pronouns for transgender students and letting them dress in the manner they wish. Here's the fun part. Quote, the guidance applies to all schools, K through 12, preschool, colleges and universities. Close quote. It's kind of interesting. They tucked preschool in there, not in order, but kind of in the midst of that sentence, isn't it? Did people vote for Biden knowing this? Well, some did. And some, like us, warned that huge influences from the school of Bernie Sanders were going to have more influence than Joe Biden's guarantees that he was a moderate. If he was a moderate... He'd be a Republican. The ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction while the worst are full of passionate intensity. As I was saying yesterday, it's hard to have passionate intensity about a country you are told was born bad and is systematically racist and exploitative and all kinds of parades of horribles. So bad you must or well like change its history. And since there's no such thing as utopia in this world, you change not the world, but both history and what it means to be human, Marx-like, or try to. Being as gods, trying to be as gods, it won't end well. And now you can see why we care so much about our campuses. Here's what happened in our campuses. Truth, real truth, was first doubted and then dispensed with, and it was replaced with ideological certainty, not truth, but ideological certainty, a certainty based on subjectivism. Alan Bloom put it this way in his closing of The American Mind. There is one thing a professor can be absolutely certain of. Almost every student entering the university believes or says he believes that truth is relative. If this belief is put to the test, one can count on the student's reaction. They will be uncomprehending. That anyone should regard the proposition as not self-evident astonishes them as though he were calling into question two plus two four. These are things you don't think about. The students' backgrounds are as various as America can provide. Some are religious, some atheists, some to the left, some to the right. Some intend to be scientists, some humanists or professionals or businessmen. Some are poor, some rich. They are unified by only one thing, their relativism. 
He goes on to explain, the students, of course, cannot defend their opinion. It is something which, which, with which they have been indoctrinated. But this has shifted and turned since Alan Bloom wrote that. Yes, truth is still relative, but right thinking politically is not relative. It comes with a hardened certainty, not to mention demagoguery. So conservative thought, as it is now called, is dangerous or extreme. It can even be fascist. And so it must be banned, if not marginalized. That is the truth students and now too many adults subscribe to. The discovery of all leftist thought, though, all progressive thought, the thoughts most of us, you and I, disagree with but have captured so many millennials, has come about by one ironic thing the progressives now disdain, free thought and inquiry, ethics and rules of reason that stem from academic freedom in the First Amendment. Ethics and rules of reason that came from, wait for it, Western civilization and Western philosophy. Now, having taken advantage of those ethics, they chose and choose to roll them up and put them away and deny them to anyone else. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ now has to go. We have the free speech to say that. We will now shut it down and you cannot respond. And so here we sit, bigots and intolerance, for we think maybe the ideal of protecting women's sports and lives should be about protecting women's lives and sports. Yes, it means the whole world to these reactionaries, but just because it does and just because they have the levers of power does not mean their might makes what they say right. Abraham Lincoln concluded one of his speeches this way. Let us not be slandered from our duty by false accusations against us, nor frightened from it by menaces of destruction to the government, nor of dungeons to ourselves. Let us have faith. That right makes might, and in that faith let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it. I'm Seth Leapson, 602-508-0960. It's Open Line Friday. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, your open lines Friday, 602-508-0960. Anything you want to talk about? Happy to uh, do so. Uh, Dave Marcus has this right. A man is dominating the NCAA women's swimming competition, but ESPN employees are staging a walkout to protest a law protecting five-year-olds from gender confusion in Florida. Here's uh, ESPN's L. Duncan. Is it L. Duncan? E-L-L-E is how she spells it. If I mispronounce it, I apologize. I think it's L. L. Duncan. Getting very upset that teachers can't talk to very young children about sex and gender identity, while the Leah Thomas thing is just perfectly fine. This is what's upsetting ESPN reporters and staging boycotts and protests. And happening in Florida and across other states as well that are targeting our LGBTQI plus communities. Many of our colleagues here at ESPN have planned and organized a walkout that will be happening at 3 p.m. Eastern today. And to be honest with you, we thought we were going to come here today and really celebrate a sport that has meant so much and done so much, including for so many in the LGBTQI plus communities. But we understand the gravity of this legislation and also how it is affecting so many families across this country. And because of that, our allyship is going to take a front seat. And with that, we're going to pause in solidarity. And then they go into a pause of silence there that I don't need to play for you because you know what the sound of one hand clapping is. 
But uh, she said targeting LGBTQI communities, and then she used another version of that later, targeting, targeting. The only targeting of LGBTQ plus communities uh, based on the Florida Don't Say Gay legislation is based on hysterical mental illness or confusion of the facts. There is nothing in the Florida legislation that targets anyone, targets nobody. This is a quest to teach gender fluidity or confusion to five-year-olds. That's what it's stopping. It's targeting no one. No one. The idea that people are upset about this is because they themselves have worked themselves up into a fearful lather over zero. Zero. Unless it is considered targeting this community because they don't get their way in teaching five-year-olds in the public schools about sexual confusion and gender confusion. But I got to tell you, folks, I got to tell you, there's a word for that. There is a word for people that want to engage five-year-olds in conversations about sex. That word is pervert. That's what the Florida bill is stopping. And thank goodness it did. And I would love to see other states do it as well. And if people think that that means they are targeting a community, my gosh, my gosh, they don't know what the word targeting means. They don't know what the word community means. They don't know what the word children means. They don't know what the word education means. And they certainly don't know what the words decency and civility mean. Because you don't do that to five-year-olds. You don't do that to six-year-olds. They're confused enough about what an apple and an orange is. They're confused enough as to why they play store and have to charge money for an apple or an orange or whatever they want to buy when they play store. They're confused enough about the concept that there were no stores open for a year for them to go to. They're confused enough about why they have to have masks on their faces for a disease that will not affect them. You don't need to implant gender confusion in them, too. The safe and sane thing is not to think Leah Thomas is a hero or a gold medal winner any more than it on behalf of women, any more than it is to think that the legislation in Florida bans you from saying the word gay or targets a community that is not being targeted except for the fact that they say they are because they are not having their way and using five-year-olds for their political and sexual exploits. That's where we are here, folks. Shame on ESPN. Can we ban that too, Bill, for ourselves? For ourselves, we stopped watching NBA games. Can we just not tune into ESPN ever again, you and I? Can we make that deal? Bill and I are not watching ESPN ever again. Easier for me to say. <laughs> okay. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, brought to you in part by our friends at Midas Gold Group. I got to meet with these guys uh, at their offices the other day uh, for lunch. These are really good people. My gosh, they are really good people. I want you to trust the precious metal dealer that Seb Gorka and I and thousands of you all trust. They want me to give you a wake-up call from their veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Truckers and their supporters were financially targeted in recent protests, particularly in Canada. Democrats in the U.S. approved of Justin Trudeau's suppression of them, four to one. Seizure of their assets, approved it, four to one. 
You can imagine what they think here if it were to happen here. Gold and other precious metals add a layer of privacy and protection to your finances. So get private, get protected, get on the phone and call the Midas Gold Group now, 480-360-3000. I have gold and silver from Midas Gold Group. I'd like you to as well. MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. All right. We've got a full bank of calls. We will get to you all, I promise. Warren is in Mesa. We'll start right there. Hello, Warren. Hello. Um, I don't know. I'm uh, thinking that this sounds like very misogynistic to me, that this is against the institution of women. This is against uh, in it's very hard to sit there and say it's against our engineering as what we are and how we were non-left engineered as a human being. And it also makes me wonder why um, this little, this uh, small group of people are so important that we the whole has to bow down to the few or the one. Kind of a tyranny of and the it, minority concern, tyranny of the minority. Yeah, because uh, if it was we were working with the blind... And we would all have to wear a, a blindfold, and I know we're wearing somewhat of a blindfold or wanting us to wear some type of a blindfold. The difference is the blind aren't fluid, m- m- many of them. Many of them, yeah. you know, don't have that choice. Yeah, of course. No, I, I mean, that makes your point all the stronger, right, Warren? Yeah, yeah. no, I take the point. This is, this, is how, this is how the rump of the left operates. This is how the, rough, the, the rump of the left operates. Most Americans do not agree with this stuff, but most cultural elites do. That was kind of a point I was trying to convey yesterday. Most Americans do not, but most elites do. And elites can change opinion because most Americans, Warren, aren't like you or listeners to this show or any talk radio show. Most Americans don't have time for that, don't have time for this, don't have time for politics and policy. So where are they going to get their information? You think they're going to get it from Dennis Prager or me or, you know – Seb Gorka or someone like that? You think most Americans get their information from that? No, no, no. They get it from ABC, NBC, CBC, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, PBS, NPR, the AP, and Reuters. College presidents, the Smithsonian, National Geographic. This is who impacts the apolitical. These are the experts. ESPN. These are the experts. And that's who – that's how they change minds. They – are full of pa- passionate intensity, if I can quote Yates again. They're full of passionate intensity, and we are supposed to be cowed into silence. We are supposed to lack all conviction about this because we're not the woke. We're not the uh, enlightened. We're not with it. We're not progressive. How did we exist three years ago before this came to us? How, <laughs> how did we even continue on? How did we? One wonders. One wonders, we must have just all been Neanderthal troglodytes. But this came to us, and it comes now very fast. The other thing I'll plant in your heads uh, as a discussion point, as a thinking point, is notice how up until, mm, what, Bill, five, six months ago, the concern was using race to determine humanhood. And race was the issue that we were all kind of arguing about. Seems like that's become a little less so. As parents woke up, seems like it's become a little less so since the elections, the mid, the uh, gubernatorial election in Virginia. Seems like it's a little less so as the polling on this has been a big wake-up call to the Democratic Party. And now it's no longer race. It's gender fluidity. 
Kind of interesting. Am I alone in thinking that? Maybe I am and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But boy, they just moved from that to this very quickly. Which means, you know what? That we do too. I'm Seth. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Someone asked me the other day if Seb Gorka ended his show with the theme from Kojak, which I don't know. I, I listened to the first part, but just because of show prep, I'm not able to get his last part. But Charlie's Angels is better than Kojak, isn't it? It's a little. It, the movement is a little faster and all that. It's a little more interesting. All right. Fred is in Fountain Hills. Hello, Fred. Hi. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for calling. I just had a question. You know, if someone is sick, you take their temperature or you do blood work or something to that nature, and they even have tests for psychological uh, uh, problems, you know, that they run on people. Uh, my question is, how sick is a society when it doesn't know if it's male or female? And I'd like just to quote, uh, as you quoted the Old Testament in Genesis, about the tree of knowledge. Oh, you shall be evil. as gods. Yes, right. Yeah, well... He also says in Genesis 1:27, God created them in his image, and he made them male and female. People like to profess that they believe the Bible or believe in God, but they don't believe what he says. So, so you really, Jesus Christ in the New Testament even said that to the people of his day. He said, do you not know that he that made them made them male and female? And Yet, you know, we, we deny those things. And, 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 and like you said, man is relying on the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there is an effort here to conquer nature. That is the effort. That's what I, at least my, my, my understanding of what Whitaker Chambers is writing there and discussing Marxism. It was the effort, it is the effort, to be as gods. You know, the in unique attribute that you know, Western civilizations founded upon, Fred, uh, and uh, I, I would blend, you know, understandings of Greek philosophy uh, to the understandings of, uh, you know, Revelation, as you put it, uh, what Leo Strauss called um, the best of Jerusalem and Athens, if that, that's, if, that, if that works for you. You know, we humans occupy a very special place, a very unique place, in the world order, uh, and you can get it from Greek philosophy, or you can get it from, you know, Revelation. But it's that we are a little higher than the animals, a little lower than the angels, and much lower than God. It's when humans act as gods that tyrannies engage in depredation. Every tyrant, every aggressive war tyrant, is acting as if he's God. And when he does so, or she, he or she does so, they end up treating humans as animals. It changes the entire order of things, the entire order of things. I've given a, a talk before here. I won't bore you with it now too terribly much unless you, someone calls and asks me to do it again. But you look at the propaganda films, for example, in Nazi Germany, and you had one, the most, uh, I think it was the most prominent one called The Eternal Jew, and you had you know, Jews 
interposed scenes of Hasidic Jews interposed with scenes of rats so that the trick of the mind, the propaganda was to have human beings who happen to be Jewish come off as rats, be viewed as rats, be thought of as rats. Once you have a human being reduced to the level of rodent or vermin, you can do anything to them. You can stomp on them with your feet or you can exterminate them with poison. This is what happens. This is what happens when some humans think they're gods. They end up treating other humans as animals. That's not what's happening exactly here yet. It's not. It's not exactly what's happening here yet. But it is the warning flag as to why it is the warning sign as to why we don't play these games, why we don't try to conquer or master nature. Some can use the phrase God or word God if you want to, Fred. But for for even those who, who may be agnostic or atheist, I want to give them an appeal to Greek philosophy here and nature. Those who try to conquer it end up being conquered by it. Dana is in Chandler. Hello, Dana. Hello, Beth. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Oh, I'm well. My country is... Uh, yeah, I could have done that better. That didn't sound like I was well, didn't I'm well, Dana, and it's always good to see you up there. How are you? <laughs> Let's try that again. I'll come in. I, I've twice had to come great. in again today. Okay. <laughs> I, I have an issue when people start referring to transgenders and LGBT as a community. Yeah. Um, knowing people that are, that are gay and knowing people that are transgender, they have nothing in common at all. Um, I know that my gay friends are like, you know, I can't imagine how much it must be conflicting to live that way, but I have no concept of it. So when you plug in a community, you, you're assuming that they have something in common, that they band together as a group um, to support each other. And, you know, it's not, they're not what we think of in typical communities. And I, and I, I would dare say that they probably don't have similar ideologies. They don't have similar backgrounds. I, I take issue with calling it a community. Um, and I don't think other than the fact that they share the mental illness, that they have much else in common. Um, and the other issue that, that I have a real problem with is the medical community and what we are doing to these children. I, it's horrifying to me. I know of a young woman in her early 20s who believes that she's a man, is living her life, what she thinks a man is, which of course she could have no idea because she's not a man, but she thinks that she knows what it is. And this relatively physically healthy 20 something year old woman just went through a radical hysterectomy. And I think to myself, who are these physicians that are doing this? You know, as a woman in my late forties who needed a hysterectomy for medical reasons, I had to jump through a lot of hoops. Oh, it's a serious thing. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's and a big darn deal. We're doing this willy nilly to healthy twenty something. You bet. Else? You bet. Hold up! Like, what in the heck is that about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Dana. Yes, you're. Yeah, I I can't improve on what you said. I cannot improve on what you said. I can't. I Who's think I think you? anyone who's um, who's you know of this position um, deserves, you know, every, you know, every possible um, 
decency that you know we would extend to one another. But I, for them to ask me to buy into their lie is something I will not do. I just won't buy into the lie. Well, I will not accept it. We we don't buy into the mentally ill lies either. That's correct. Do we? I mean, we That's don't correct. say. Yes, That's correct. We have sympathy. We have care. You. We have civility. We have decency. We offer help. We offer hope. We do everything we can. But because someone says they're Napoleon, does not require me to believe it. Dana, thank you. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Bill. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, brought to you in part by Balance of Nature, Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies. That's what I take every day. My favorite thing about them is not only how they make me feel, but when I get my monthly uh, delivery of them, when you open up a new, a new, you know, a brand new fresh uh, container of them, the potency, you just smell it. You can just smell the potency of the fruits and veggies. Uh, it's a great product. It's all natural. It's whole food nutrition, pure potent plant power, 100% na- natural. And it's all the good stuff. Nothing added. Third-party inspected. And you're just getting everything from papayas and grapes and strawberries and grapefruit and aloe vera and cranberry and wild blueberry and oranges to kale and cauliflower and zucchini. And on and on it goes. On and on it goes. Over 30 fruits and vegetables in a daily dose. Go to balanceofnature.com. Order their fruits and veggies. When you do so, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. It's kept me well for the three years I've been taking it. It'll do the same for you. Doug is – Doug! Doug! How the heck Doug, are you, Seth? You called the big dog, and he gave you a short shrift. <laughs> I heard that you call the Mike Gallagher show the other yeah. day, and yes, he gave you a 19th of the time I give you. Well, I, I was going to say that's one of the things that is absolutely riveting about your show is that it is – much more in-depth, I don't care, with your guests, uh, when you have uh, honored guests on like the Weicker and the Holman Holmans, and uh, even when you have regular folks uh, such as I, it's a much more in-depth, thoughtful way to approach things. Um, and I find it terribly, because he didn't even, you know, and I like Mike Gallander, he's a dear soul, but he did not get the point, nor in try to even understand the point, and left it totally. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I know. And, All right, you know, so I, I, I gave you, I gave you the, um, I yeah. bragged, I bragged that I, I give you more time, and I, and yeah. I did it as we are ending the segment. But here's what I'm going to do: if you have, if you have the time, Doug, uh, I do too. If you can yeah. just uh, let me do the national news break at the top of the hour oh, please, here, please, uh, I'll let I'll you uh, unveil your full. Yeah. Compliment of thought. I'll just take my brush in hand. Take and your go brush in hand. Who is yeah. that artist? That was on PBS for me, some Bob Ross. Oh, please don't, don't, don't talk about Bob Ross. <laughs> okay. Please do not. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Bill, what's my? I got painting, a... painting happy little trees. No, no, no. no <laughs> okay, no, that's not. You. You. All right. I have this vision of you looking like Bob Ross. At least, at least with the bell-bottom pants. Tell me, at least you have the oh, yeah. open V-neck velour shirt and the bell-bottom pants. Don't ruin my thoughts of you, Doug. I'm Seth Liebson, with 602-508-0960. Open line Friday. We'll be right back.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.